Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who love our guests for us today, our guest. <laughs> Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Jonah, I'm so excited for today's guest because not only is she a friend of mine, but when she used to be in the writer's room for my show, every month we'd get to guess her water bill. Wow. Yeah, that was a game we'd play. And if we would win, whoever won got like some kind of prize from her. And because she's not only an incredible writer, but also an author and a poet and an artist. Some of us would get art. Some of us would get poetry just because we could get close to guessing her water bill. Now, Jonah, what was your water bill this month? And if I guess it, will you give me a prize? Sure. I don't know the exact amount off the top of my head, but uh, Let me guess. I, know, I know roughly how. We have water and sewer bundled together. We're in kind of a city water type situation. Okay. Maybe we should wait until our guest comes on today and then she and I can both guess and you can tell us who wins. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That sounds great. All right. Why don't you give an intro? Okay. <laughs> As our guest has already experienced... Jonah and I are getting into a couple little fights today. Our guest today is a writer, poet, actor, and artist who is the recipient of a poetry fellowship from the New York Foundation of the Arts and who has written for some of your favorite shows, including Transparent, The Sex Lives of College Girls, and your very, very favorite show, I Love That For You. Please welcome my friend, Allie Liebgott. Hi. Hi, Allie. Hello. I want to say that 
Well, water and power and sewage are often bundled, Vanessa. You don't just get yep. a bill for uh, just the water, although there is a breakdown. So yeah, I get a like a quarterly water and sewer. So like every three months, I get a bill. Where basically. are you? What state? I'm in West in the Berkshires, Western oh, okay. Mass. So you have water there. We have water. Yes, yes, we do have water here. Yes. Is your bill bundled, or were you just having us guess one part of the? No, bundle? no, it was it's Burbank Water and Power BWP as we call it. Um, and also, what a way to like boost listeners, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but like it's broken down between water, electric and sewage. So electric's really what gets you in California. Oh, yes. Yeah. Big yeah. time. To go back to getting as many listeners as possible, I will say that electricity in California, that's absolutely where they get you. Yeah. Yeah. We actually have solar here. So that's pretty nice. That's kind of nice. That offsets some of the stuff. But Allie, would people get pretty close to your bill? Well, people like to gamble, right? So it's like, uh, just like, if you would win things. I started it, I think, when I worked on the Sex Lives of College Girls. I think that's where the game started. And you would win things like, it could really vary an Apple Watch or... whoa. 60-day sobriety keychain from Gamblers Anonymous. You really didn't know what you were going to get, you know? And all of, are the key, are the gifts coming from you? Yeah, it's just a drawer of shit, you know? And so you get something out of the drawer. and Or maybe you want, like, a homemade T-shirt or you want a, a painting, you know, or something like that. But that's so... the And we did prices Right rules, so you couldn't go over you know, right. so it's like the bill would come and, you know, I just would be sweating with excitement. And then it was like everyone would have to, because it was on Zoom, we were on Zoom, you would have to change your Zoom name to your guest. Okay. <laughs> of your dollar. So you were locked guess. in. You were locked, you were locked in. in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and you um, could see who was where. Right. And for a second, we all felt happiness before we found out whether we were winners or losers so yeah and so it is a little i did think now i think sex lives is on season three sometimes i am tempted (laughs) to just send a text to the group thread of a show i no longer work on saying the bill came guys (laughs) want (laughs) to guess yeah i think you should do it okay i think you should too I've experimented with that a little bit where sometimes if there was a new bloomer show coming out, I would talk about it when I was at SNL with all the like writers and cast. I'd be like, if anyone wants to come with me, I'm going to the bloomer show, which for anyone who hasn't ever listened to me talk, bloomers was my all-female sketch comedy and musical parody troupe in college. And then I kind of experimented with like a couple years after I'd left SNL texting like this same random group of writers and cast and telling them about the new Bloomers show. And I would say it was met with a lot of like enthusiasm. I think people long for those simpler days when they would talk about your water bill or the Bloomers show, you know? So well, would I Vanessa think, ever, would anyone ever go with you to the Bloomers show from that thread? No one ever came with okay. me. <laughs> um, That's what but, I... 
But I do think they enjoyed hearing me talk about it. Sure. So if that makes sense. Yeah. I think probably there were some people who were very annoyed by the water bill game. (laughs) (laughs) Some people who just delighted in it. So that's where... I'm no Vanessa Bayer with the charm, you know. You gotta come really, on. Is, is um bloomers like like late bloomers or like? Well, it's that's a great question. It's actually named after Amelia Bloomer, who invented the pantaloons that are bloomers. Yeah, that was gonna be my first guess. That's really? crazy. Yes, I was gonna say the pants, but then for a second I thought, wait, is it? Is that? Am I remembering right? That's correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's named. And now I can't take credit because it was, it started in the seventies. Right. So, but I can talk about it all the time. And, (laughs) and to go back to the water bills, not that we can come back to this anytime. Yeah. Uh, To go back to the water bills. I think you're the perfect person to do a competition like this because you are such an artist that you can actually create prizes yourself. Like you were talking about the drawer you have that has like random things in it. But I remember now I'm blanking on what it said, but you had at some point made these t-shirts that were really funny. Yeah. I made, I used to do a t-shirt. I used to do, I thought maybe I should get back into making t-shirts. Yes. Or um, is there a part of the show where you advise people on future career paths yeah yeah i watch a lot of shark tank so i can definitely help with that okay we've got a lot to say if you want to pitch to us okay well i have been considering you know we were on strike so i have you know had a lot of time to dig out ingrown hairs and um move rugs apparently i just move a rug from one room to the next i don't know but i've been thinking (laughs) a lot about what is you know, what's the future? What are we all going to be doing? And should I become one, a phlebotomist, which is the person that draws blood? Yes. Uh, there's a $2,500 course uh, at the local college, which okay. yeah, is a lot, but not really like probably worth it to learn right. how to do that correctly. And then, uh, or a bookkeeper, because I do like a boring, repetitive task. So I just think not not an accountant, because that's harder. But bookkeeping, literally, like, here's Vanessa and Jonah's numbers. I put them in a little spreadsheet. Vanessa spent $400 this month on Yasso Frozen Pops. And right. Jonah has a lot of little... I, you're a musician, isn't that correct? Sir? That's correct. Yes, yeah. And I would say I might, my dad pitch for that would be like a guitar pick. But anyway, um, <laughs> it's a bookkeeper, phlebotomist, or back to my t-shirt line, which is I think the shirt you saw was Law and Order episodes where it's the woman's fault. And it had like a hundred hash marks. Yes, yes. <laughs> that was the t-shirt. That's so um, funny. That's so yeah. funny. So, yeah. How does a person make a living? We don't know. <laughs> well, you know, it, I, I had kind of a midlife recent kind of career change. So, and I actually looked into bookkeeping. You did, Jonah? Not very seriously, but I was like looking into like, <laughs> like sort of like you have always kind of been a journalist and a musician. And right. So I was like, well, what like what do p- other people do? Like, what's a job where I don't have to like ask people all the time for work? 
Yeah, I looked into bookkeeping. There were like online bookkeeping classes. And they're like, you can work from home. You can do this. Yep. You can make all this money. But all the classes were really expensive. It was like $10,000. Really? And I was like, this is too much for something I don't really know if I would even like. I looked into like being a chiropractor. I looked into everything. Whoa, a chiropractor. Very, very, very casually. I was like, what is stuff that yeah. just seems interesting? And I actually ended up getting a master's degree in counseling and now I work as a therapist, which is really great. But But so I honestly think the phlebotomy would be tough just because it's like, I don't know, you got to get blood. It's like dealing with people. It's like, uh, to me, it's like you're already artistic. You're good at the t-shirt thing. They're, you already have it it's kind of established. And I think going that route would would be good. That's what I would vote for. But it's up to you. It's what your passion okay. is. Well, it's what I'm your pa- passionate about nothing okay i mean i'm i mean we no i i the jobs i want don't exist like the job i want is to go sit in a tennis match audience and just say things like wow naomi osaka she looks like she's really come through on the other side she's that's a that is a job that's a commentator but the person that doesn't really have to know about tennis like chrissy everett when she talks about tennis, you know, or Renee Stubbs or whatever, if Serena Williams became a commentator one day, they'd be able to talk about like backhands and forehands. And I don't know that. I could just say like, oh, those are cute sneakers. Or like- I think think you're not giving yourself enough credit for how funny you are. And I think sometimes, Ali is very funny. I want our audience to know that. And I think sometimes (laughs) they need a funny person to kind of break things up. Like- I've been on Neil deGrasse Tyson's podcast before. Like I did a live show and I know he didn't bring me on there because I'm a star expert, although I do love space, but he didn't know that. Well, he might, but uh, I don't think he did. How would he know? (laughs) But the point is my whole job was to go like Cosmos, more like, can I get a break? You know, like really funny stuff like that. (laughs) And so what I'm saying is that you could be watching a tennis game and you could be like, that one looked like it hurt. Not as much as my water bill this month. Right, right. I think they call that the color commentator, like for baseball, because I'm a big Mets fan. So there's like the one guy that talks about the actual mechanics of, you know, and stuff like that. And then there's the person that's like, oh, he grew up in, you know, Cleveland and blah-blah-blah, you know. But I know we're all over the place. And I know we're... Is this what life is? This is life. Okay, so, because I, Jonah, I do have to say, also, Vanessa, not to turn the tables, this is your show, but I would never, ever, ever want to go to space. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people, like, even if Earth is no longer inhabitable and they figured out a way to live on the moon... Let me die here on Earth. I don't want to go to space. And I feel like space is a real divider because there's some people like writer friend I know was like, I want to be the poet laureate of space. And I'm just like, I can't imagine anything more terrifying. And I think it was growing up with those movies where like a single pinprick in the suit and you're fucked, you know, like, no, I. I, I just find, I know you go there, you're changed, like, you see Earth from up there, man. Like, you know, like, how can we all, it's like a near-death experience. How can I relate to a regular person when I've been to space? I can't, which I barely can now, but I no interest in space. 
no yeah. interest yeah. in space. Jonah, That's are you it. interested in going to space? You know, I know, right, there's like, I know what Ali's talking about because there's like these lotteries and all these people put in these applications and it's like, you know, hundreds of thousands of people for like four spots, you know, unless you're like a billionaire or something, then you just can buy a ticket. But yeah, I'm kind of with Ali on this. I think it would be cool. I think getting up there and being able to see the Earth from that perspective would be kind of an interesting phenomenon that would kind of maybe shift your perspective on like life. But I don't need to be up there forever. I think we'd get boring pretty fast. Boring. Ooh, boring. Yeah. Not the trip, but once you're up there for like a week, two weeks. You're and you, talking about, you're talking, are you talking about Jonah, just a visit to space? You're talking about living I'm, st- on I'm Mars. talking about, because a lot of these people, they say they have to stay there permanently for the rest of their lives. Right. That's what? the Mars people, right? That's the Mars. Sorry. I'm thinking of the Mars people. You're yeah. Thinking they're of like, the you Mars can go to thing. Mars, but this is it. This is a one way trip. <laughs> Yeah. Have you heard about that, Allie? <laughs> Sending people to Mars. Allie, no, I'm going to guess I, you're not into the Mars thing if you're not into the well, other one. I feel like I'm not into the vaguely threatening language of it's a one-way trip. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's scary. I, I think Allie... Jonah, I think Allie's just talking about like those trips that like that like, like you the, know, Will- the one William can- Shatner went on where it's like yeah, yeah. where you can just go I- I would, up there I think that would be cool I would be into that yeah if someone else could pay for it what about you Vanessa I have dr- I used to have dreams that you and I were going to space all the time Jonah Aww. and I felt excited to go to space but I I feel scared about it in the same way that like it feels a little scary in that it feels like they maybe they have by now but they haven't totally mastered like spaceships no <laughs> like you know you hope that it's just like a <laughs> rocket going off. It, that's to me is the scary part is not the sure. part of being in space, but the part of like getting in that ship. But yeah. I feel like as they mastered the ship, then we could go, we'd have so much fun and I, we could eat all that space ice cream. I knew you were going to say something about the space ice cream. Yeah. Neapolitan, <laughs> strawberry, vanilla, and chocolate in one space <laughs> ice cream bar. That's so fun. I think it does seem cool. And I actually have this calendar on my calendar. I like downloaded this thing on my calendar where I get updates daily if there's anything going on at NASA or at like the space station. And I always just like read them and I never pay that much attention to them. But they are like looking at my phone right now. I'm just I'm just going to go into my calendar and I'll tell you that in a couple Fridays, the Leonid's meteor shower will peak in night skies. Okay, good to know. What else we got going on? In December, you know, the Andromedids meteor shower may make uh, an appearance. So there's stuff like that. And then I can read more about it. And I think I, never it's okay. I think do. we get the idea. Yeah. And the point is, I love space. Right. <laughs> but you're not afraid of the guys, no air. Let's just start. Yeah. It's, let's yeah. just start with no air. Right, 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 right. Uh, that Ellie, is, I don't see this. How, how do you feel about being underwater, like well, swimming? Uh, Jonah, I feel like we may be soulmates. I mean, everything <laughs> we are. This train is running on the same track, and I would like yeah. it to loop back to the work thing for a second. But I, let's get to okay. the, let's get to underwater. I'm more interested in taking a risk to see what's in the deep ocean, but because, I mean, geez, three quarters of the earth, we don't know the animals, you know, just the tiny bit that I've snorkeled on a trashy beach has delighted me. So like, imagine all of the stuff you can't see, you know? So to me, like that seems 
so incredible and spiritual. Again, I'm not getting in one of those things that those billionaires uh, just blew up in, you know, yeah. or like there's a certain listen, I'm not dancing on anyone's grave either, but there is a certain um hubris, I think, maybe that exists with this sort of billionaire travel industry whether to space or yeah you never say billionaires are never like let's get into a funicular and go to burbank you know they yeah always, yeah that's yeah. the kind of like let's go visit the wild parrots of burbank yeah. you know but yeah i don't know like i i do the ocean is to me i would like to do one of those like old timey um cruises like let's go to europe but we have to go by boat and like bring our steamer trunks and wear like a tux to dinner every night, you know, or whatever. Right. We're going to take a quick break. And then I have a really important question for Allie that I'm going to ask when we get back. And I have a really important thing I want to say about her career and career options. Hacks is back for season three. And so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back. So, Ali, I have a question. This is another thing that billionaires are really into that we want to get your take on. Yeah. Life extension. What do you think? Are you into it? No. I mean, Jonah. <laughs> have you heard me? Have you heard this? <laughs> have you heard the stress vibrating in my voice <laughs> for the last 27 minutes? Like, I can't imagine having to do more. Yeah. Like, the... I guess life extension, if 
could life look differently? Could we all have an easier way? Could there be suffer less suffering for everyone, not just for me? Like, I, I, I'm just, I have a big surgery coming up next month, a knee replacement. And okay. I've had like a nine different surgeries in my life. And I am so, oh, this one really got under my skin in a way where I'm just like, wow, like, that's all. As an old person, surgery, that's a, like a, I'm much, I had an injury when I was younger, so I am a lot younger than a lot of people getting it. But it, it, it's like, once they start putting artificial stuff in you and you can't go through the regular metal detector at the airport, you're just like, yikes. I am excited to try pickleball after I'm up and going because I saw it on the Oh, net. you're going to be able to do as much pickleball as you want. It's on the Golden Bachelor, and I, I just didn't realize that. It's a wiffle ball. For some reason, I thought the pickleball was very different, but it looks almost like a wiffle ball. Unless oh, I didn't know that. It also, this may be just golden bachelor kind of ball, or that might be ages. Right. I'm not sure. Well, well, I, if there only there was some way to find out. But um, <laughs> I don't want to die. But I don't want to like live just to. If we're all gonna live longer, and sure. we're yeah. all gonna have like an inhabitable place to live, then yeah, let's all do it together. But I don't want to be like in some refrigerated house, like eating the last piece of meat or something while everything's right. on fire outside, you know? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Vanessa, you had a question. Okay. I had two things to say. One is, Jonah, I don't know if you remember her talking about this, but our grandma Margie, who lived to be one month shy of a hundred, she would tell us about, she would always go to her high school reunions and they got smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where like she's going to, you know, her like 60 year high school reunion and it's like, you know, 20 people. And then it's like she's going to her 65. They would have them, I think, every five years because okay. it was. Yeah. And, you know, she, I think she went to some of them later in her life that were only like a few. <laughs> I think there were very few people there because. Sure. Yeah. Even if there were more people that were living, you know, who can make it to this reunion. I, I, pretty... I can't make them now and I'm in my 40s. Okay. Yeah, so. so I just want to say there is something, I see what you're saying, Allie, of like, if you're the last one, is that really what you want? Well, I was going to say, first of all, my grandma lived to be 102 and she had a twin that lived to be 102 too. And wow. their older sister, what, Allie, what are you talking about? How could someone be older than 102 lived to be 105. So my mom's side of the family lives a long time. And my grandma was in the casino and eating chili dogs to the last year of her life. So <laughs> I like, which is my <laughs> barometer for happiness. So like that is one thing, but also can we please write the film that is that old person yes. reunion movie? Cause that sounds so beautiful. But I just, whenever I think about the billionaire longevity thing, I think of people hoarding resources. That's what I think of. Or like, it's a prepper situation where I'm like, I don't want to be like, I don't know. Yeah, it feels kind of egotistical in a way. Like, I should not have to obey these laws. Something else I feel is kind of this way is people who have like a lot of kids like who have like 20 kids and then because it's like they want to kind of like live forever and you know some, there's oh. something about there's something involving with the ego with that i think on some level well robert de niro just had another child i don't know if you 
can we keep that in? And if you're friends with him, could you let him know that? I just think he's so handsome. And I know <laughs> that I'm not his type. But when I saw him in that movie, um, he did that movie. What was the movie where he did stand up in old folks' homes? So we're going full circle. You guys, come on. You know this movie. Vanessa, surely you've seen this movie at like 11 p.m. some Tuesday night. <laughs> like, <laughs> Olivia, do you know what this movie I can't think of what this um and he does a old person rap at the at the uh, and he goes viral. This seems like a fever dream. <laughs> it's real and it's I'm real. spacing it's on real. it. I I had it. I think I saw it when I had movie pass and um you could go to a movie every day. It feels but, like a real Jonah move. Yes. I'm I just, did have movie pass also yeah. in New York and used to really use it a lot. I mean, I'm an A-lister now, AMC A-lister, and it's $24 a month, and you get to go three movies a week, and wow. it allows you to see, like, things probably no one should see. That's pretty wow. good. Yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. great deal. Yeah. We'll find out what the name of that movie was, yeah. but in the meantime, I just want to say that going back to your career choices, we're acting as if you're not... <laughs> <laughs> an incredibly successful writer like you were an executive producer on my show like also the writer strike is over you have like a very very I'm just thinking backup plan Vanessa I'm thinking okay. backup plan like uh, there's like because I just saw someone I used to write with who became a yoga instructor and so like Jonah said earlier there is something to this freelance life that's very exhausting where you're yes. like sort of like having to prove yourself every six months to someone to say like, even though I've been writing for 30 years, I can do it. You know, like sure. that there's a mental piece sometimes about thinking like I go to Cedar sinais blood donation center and I check in at seven and I leave at three and I take blood and I give everyone yeah. a sick new after they've had it. And so that's when I, when I think about this stuff, it's like, it's sort of like, okay, what's the third act going to be? Right. When that Did comes? you say you give them a Fig Newton once they've well, gotten there? Well, you know, I'm an avid blood donor. So, and I'm trying to get on the Cedar sinai blood donor wall of honor. Yeah. And so you get cookies and... Um, I didn't realize Fig Newtons still exist. Oh, in my opinion, there might not be a better cookie. Wow. There, I said it. Mic drop. <laughs> it's so much bread to filling is my only issue. Do you know it's what I'm a, saying? And people think it's a, like, it's like people who like chocolate get really mad at it. But I think it's, there's something about the dough of it. And I know you like to talk about snacks, Vanessa, but there's like, it's almost not cooked enough that I like Interesting. That. It's like, there's a doughy kind of like, huh. Was in the, this in the oven long enough? Yeah. Quality that I had just like, Fig Newton, hook me up. Yeah. Like, I'm there for you. Like, I'm ready yeah. to. It reminds me, they kind of remind me of those cookies that you always really like, Jonah. Those Pepperidge Farm cookies that have the jelly in the middle. Oh. The strawberry jelly, kind of the circular ones. Yeah. yeah. Those are my favorite. To me, yeah. I slightly prefer that because I think the ratio of jelly to... But I hear what you're saying is like the dough is the dough is fully cooked in those Pepperidge Farm ones. Yeah, it's like the Pepperidge Farm one is sort of like a circular Hamantaschen a little bit, right? Like yes, it's like exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys see my cat is chasing yes. his tail? Okay, the cat is so cute. <laughs> is it a gray cat or is it a 
Is that a gray cat? He's actually brown, dark color, but he's kind of this brown, which is pretty rare. That is rare. Allie loves cats, and she also does incredible art of cats and all kinds of (laughs) cats, people. She's an incredible... I have some of her art here that she gave me for her birthday. Amazing. And for her birthday, I mean for my birthday. For your birthday. Yeah. Oh, my God, that cat is so cute. Well... I think we're all doing really great in our current jobs, but I understand yeah. I understand the the desire to have something that feels more less freelance and more like this is my job and this is what I do every day from this hour to this hour. Yeah, just you know how it is. It's like hard to plan sometimes a life when you're yes, like Yes, totally. You don't know what you're going to be doing. Yeah. Really hard for Jonah's cat probably to plan their life cuz they're so busy. Chasing their tail. Let me tell you, this cat's got it made. This cat doesn't have ever care in the world. Yeah, I hear you. Jonah, I feel like your patients, your clients must be so lucky to have you because like your sweet, like compassionate face and like, I don't know. I've had a lot of therapists. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you can start going to Jonah. You know, I will say this too. Like, I think that's why it kind of works for us to have a podcast is because Jonah has interviewed people for such a long time that even though he's new to therapy, he's such a good listener and he's so good at like asking thoughtful questions and stuff that I think being a therapist was a very natural progression of things. But also with our podcast, I feel like Jonah asks really thoughtful questions and stuff. And I sort of like do, I like sort of like stand to the side and like do impressions and go like, oh, did you guys think this was funny? <laughs> well, uh, I think you both are great too. That's Aww. actually awesome. But, um, you know, you know, speaking of great, Ellie, you gave us so many great ideas for topics for this episode. Yes. And we were going back and forth on them. And I really think this idea of pre-internet report cards is such a funny topic. Uh, why did you kind of think about that? Like what what was kind of your thought process behind that? Well, I feel like education is so different now for kids, like their whole school experience. And I also was a teacher at one point in my life. So the concept of a the internet allowing kind of school to go on even when it's not school hours seems like such a bummer for everyone, for the teachers and for the kids, you know? And like, when I think about even like, like bullying, like if you were bullied at school, I was bullied at school and I bullied. So I was like, I did everything, you know, like a (laughs) double threat. I can't see you bullying. Well, it was like in that sad way where you had to bully because you were getting getting bullied, yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. But like, but even if you were bullied at school, it kind of just stayed at school and you didn't, then you, when you went home, you, didn't you were have safe. To take right. it home. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like now with the social media, but the report cards is like, they get their grades emailed. And mm. to me, I'm like, I was just thinking about, you knew when the report cards were coming, you had to get to the mailbox before your parents did. You know, and then you could even, in my case, like, it was a carbon copy. So, yeah, you got, you could change, like, a minus to a plus or whatever, a D to a B, you know, and stuff like that. So, I just was thinking a lot about, like, just how much 
stress there was about when the report card was coming and I don't know, physical mail is so like, I know people scam in all different ways, but like I rewatched talented Mr. Ripley recently. And I was like, he couldn't have done so much of that like now, you know? And uh, just because of the digital age, I know there's different kinds of scams in the digital age, but just like the basic thing of like, I'm, like someone just Googles your picture, like, are you that person or not? You know, right? Anyway, <laughs> right. When it's Paltrow in that, before she started cooking full time for Goop, like, uh, like she was an incredible actress. She's incredible in that movie. She is. You know, I watched that movie for the first time. I think Fourth of July last year, and I loved it. And I thought she was so good. She's so good in it. She's so yeah. good. Yeah. Never seen it. I, you know, oh. the, should I see it? Yeah, you, you have to haven't? see it. No. You should watch it with one of your clients. <laughs> <laughs> don't, John, don't do that. Um, <laughs> you know, Ellie, uh, another part of the report card that, that was tough was, I don't know, we had to have our parents basically sign them, and then we had to bring them back to school. Yeah. Like, to acknowledge that they saw them. And so I remember one year I got, like, a D or something, Cause like the big thing at our school was we weren't allowed to leave campus. And so if you were like a quote unquote, kind of like a bad kid, you would like leave campus, sneak out to the parking lot, drive to Burger King. For lunch. Maybe someone would be, for lunch. Yeah. Maybe someone would be smoking a cigarette, like, you know, and, uh, and so I kind of got mixed up in this a little bit in high school, but never really fully got into it, but I kind of dabbled in it. And, uh, I got like a D in one class once and I like ripped the report card in this strategic way where like that grade was just kind of missing. And our parents, I think being so trusting, kind of, I was like, yeah. And I kind of crumpled it up, tried to make it look real. And they were like, okay, and just signed it. And I don't think ever thought twice about it, but I was like, I kind of pulled off one of these kind of scams, you know, because they had to sign it. I had to bring it back in. And I don't think forging, I think that was too far for me, but I guess like this felt like, okay. Hiding the grade. Yeah. 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 Oh, so good. Like the, 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 your parents were like that depressed postman, always just shoving mail in the box. Like, exactly. well, no, I think th- I think they gave it to us at school. We oh, had to okay. get them, take them home, get them signed, and bring them back. That's my memory. Okay, okay, I bet you're right. I bet you're but right. So you always that. got straight A's, so I'm sure this was not an issue. I always for you. got straight A's. In fact, our mom would put our report cards above her desk in our house growing up, and I remember just like looking over that wall of grades and going, there's nothing lower than an A minus on here. But that was when I could earn my grades. What were you going to say, Jonah? I was going to say it was, you know, it was great for me because Vanessa would always, Vanessa would have like a, like a 4.8 GPA. She would have some GPA that didn't even make sense with like AP classes. But if I got a couple A's, I was like in good shape. Like I had kind of a lower, you know, mark to hit. So I could. Right. Well, I put a lot of pressure on myself. Vanessa, you loved school. Yeah, I loved school. Yeah. I was really, really good at school. I do think it had something to do with me getting sick because I had this teacher tell me when I was in the hospital that I didn't have to, I should just focus on getting better and I shouldn't worry about school. And then in my mind, I made this connection of like, okay, so I'm going to get bad grades now because of this random thing that happened to me. I'm going to get bad grades and I'm going to go to a bad college and I'm going to have a bad future, which is like very funny because the the career I ended up going into, like you don't even really have to go to college. (laughs) But like I really equated. So I think there was a little bit of me 
pressuring myself to like prove to everybody that I was still going to get really great grades. But I also was like, I enjoyed like sit like I enjoyed like studying and you studied and a lot. You were I studied hard, a lot. Hard, I really worked. worked I worked very hard at school. But yeah. that so that was sort of like I think how that all happened. But before that, when we were in like I'm going to call it first through fifth grade is first first through fourth grade or something. We wouldn't get, I don't know if you remember, if you both remember getting grades when you were really little, but they were, I remember in our school, it was like, O was for outstanding, V was for, VG was for very good, P was progressing successfully. And then (laughs) below that, there was like one that was like needs work. And I don't know, I don't remember the letters. And then there was one even below that more, I think that was like fails, basically, whatever. And I remember remember getting my grades. Like I have like the sense memory of being in like second grade and getting my grades. And there were a lot of like P's Mm -hmm. and I, which means progressing successfully, which is essentially a C. And I remember being like, what the fuck? Like these teachers are just randomly assigning these grades. Like we don't have any homework. Right. We don't have like, like it just felt like, the teachers would just give you the grades that they sort of expected of you. You know what I mean? And I remember one year on my birthday, we played volleyball and I was serving a lot of the volleyballs and I was getting like so many, I was doing so well. And then my gym grade came and it was a, it was a P and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I just remember the grades. It seems like I'm losing both of you, but I just remember the grades that I would get when I was younger were so rude and they were so like, she's fine. She's doing okay. And it was like, based on what you morons. Well, you, the and thing then is, I, Vanessa, your grades don't really matter at that point, right? I mean, right, right. so it's okay. I know. But I think that that also probably fed into like, once the grades meant something and were actually graded, like the grades that really had a reason behind them, I think I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go all the way with these. I mean, some might say, this is the teacher. Also, that was such a that was such a beautiful moment between you because Jonah was like the therapist in that moment. You said you said the grades didn't really matter then, and you you were like I I see your high grades as your ambition. Yeah, yeah. Vanessa, like you're like that's your drive. You're like I'm getting. Don't tell me I can skate by on a C, you know. But I think grades. Who cares about what I used to teach? I I, I taught at college. I remember this woman, this, I, I don't, I want to say her name so badly, but I won't. We, you could say it and we could bleep it out. No, it's okay. fine. I'll just think it and see. Think it, think it. But okay. she was an adult student, an adult, and she was going back to school, which I appreciate because I went back to school later in life. And she got an A minus in the creative writing class that I was teaching. It's very hard to grade creative writing because you're like, you did the assignment or you didn't. It can't be whether I liked your short story because that's so subjective, right? But then it's also like, it's kind of a class where you could scam, right? Because you could try not very hard and then then say like, how do you grade it? You know, this is how, it's a little existential. 420, man. But like, um, so (laughs) I, she got an A minus. Really, she wasn't a very good writer there. I said it. And she fought 
the administration on this A minus for six months. And I had to go to these department meetings and I was just like, so obviously it's not about the grade at that point, you know, but it was like so intense, but I guess it's like, this is a segue, but when I used to wait tables, graveyard shift, my dear, dear, dear friend and roommate of many years, Kenny Leaf, used to work at the Baghdad Cafe in uh, San Francisco. And this man ordered this hamburger and it was hamburger and fries. And then he called Kenny over and he said, this hamburger's not cooked. I said, medium. And he sent it back. And so Kenny brought the hamburger back and then he got a new hamburger. And the man said, I said, medium, this hamburger is not cooked right. So he sends back a second hamburger and Kenny brings back the hamburger a third time. And the man complained the third time. And Kenny just kneeled down next to the man and he said, what do you think this is really about? <laughs> wow. It's my favorite thing. I think about it 30 years later, <laughs> all the time about like the hamburger. I don't think this is about the hamburger. What do you think this is really about? Oh my God. And that's what I think about with the A minus or the grades, right? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It really right, doesn't right. matter unless we're going to become like, Yet it ruins people's lives. Think about all these stressed out kids, like trying to yeah. like, like it's a bummer, you know? Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's like we get attached to these ideas and they become part of like our identity. And you're like, I'm, I'm the, you know, high achieving student. That's who I am. And it's like, right. then when you get something that goes against that, then you have to kind of rethink your whole identity. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really weird, it was weird because I went to, you know, I went to Penn and that's such a like high achieving school, but it was so weird because I was among so many people that were just so naturally so much smarter than I was that like they wouldn't. And you were know, also like, check out my MC Hammer parody this weekend or whatever with bloomers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and bloomers. Well, that became my focus, which was good. But this was the other thing that was sort of weird is like when I was in school, like high school and everything you could sort of tell who got good grades and who didn't sort of by their behavior in a way. And I don't mean to generalize, but it was like a lot of the good kids and the kids who like behaved really well in class and were really like, they were the kids who were getting the good grades. And then a lot of the kids who were acted out more or even who were cool sometimes were like the kids who got worse grades you know yeah. what I mean? Well, even though there were cool kids who did well and what, you know, what were you going to say, Jonah? Well, I think it's like at that level, before you get into very like advanced high level thinking, a lot of like middle school and stuff, I think it's just how much time you put into it for the most part. I mean, obviously right. some people have learning disabilities or, you know, not, it's not an even playing for there's all kinds of right systemic, all kinds of stuff at play. But I do think to a large extent, if you're working hard, a lot of it's memorizing stuff. You can do well if you put the time Right, in. right, totally. Well, that was the thing that was weird when I went to college because it was like there were those same personalities where it was like the cool kids, the kids who sort of acted out, but they were all really smart. Mm -hmm. Like they yeah. were, like if they were cool or they act, you know, whatever, it was because they were so smart that they didn't really have to study and they would still get really good grades. And it was so crazy to be around so many kids like that because there were so many of them where they were just naturally smart in a way, like they didn't have to study in a way that I was like... Well, their parents, you know, made a big donation. Did okay. you get good grades in college, Vanessa? I got so-so grades. My grades uh -huh. were not... In fact, I went to college thinking that I might be... <laughs> this is, I thought went to college thinking that I might 
become like a biologist because I really liked biology. Uh Uh-huh. And then, of course, like I've done jokes about this where like I was like, well, maybe I'll be a biologist who like has her own TV show or like a biologist who's like, <laughs> like Sanjay Gupta, who like is like a doctor who like, but she's like more of a TV doctor. Yeah. So anyway, so I, you can tell where my mind was kind of going, but I took this kind of advanced biology class my first year of college and they were like weeding out pre-med kids that they didn't think could make. So it was like, it was such a hard class and I barely got a C, I think. Like I, and then the rest of college, I did fine, but I was not like a straight A student because it was, you know, it was a lot of reading. It was so much, it was like whatever I had studied and done in high school, it was like that times, you know, however much. And then also I was spending a lot of my time doing bloomers. So, yeah, and that ended up being the thing that even though I, I joke about it a lot, that ended up truly being the thing that I was like, oh, this is the thing I want to do as opposed to yeah. um, being a, a being a doctor on TV. <laughs> but thank God, because like, I was just thinking like if I was going to go have knee surgery and you came out with a scalpel, <laughs> I'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, it would be delightful in some ways, and I feel like I would roll with it because I, I'm the kind of person who sits and gets the haircut they don't want to get and just let the person do it to them. So, like, I probably right, would, right. but like, it's it's so clear that you people need to just like do don't fight. I do think that thing when and Jonah, I know you can back me up as a certified <laughs> therapist, but like that thing of like. I had this when I was a teacher where so many, it was a science school, but, and so many of the kids had these expectations from their family to become scientists, but they didn't want to, and they just wanted to be writers or whatever, you know, and it's like that angst of trying to, like, live, like, a kind of life that really isn't, like, the life that you're supposed to be yeah. living in a way you know yeah. we all have to do things we don't want to do i'm not saying that but like sure my family my dad had a flexible hose business do you know hose like a big yellow hose that goes into a sewer okay you know and like everyone in the family did the hose and i was just like i think i will kill myself if i sell flexible hose yeah, like, yeah. i just was like you know i i knew that i just couldn't do that you yeah know? Our, our dad had a business growing up, a packaging business. So yeah. like putting stuff in boxes, shrink wrapping things. And, and we worked there as kids. I mean, I worked there a lot more. Like, in, you know, it's like hard to find a job when you're 15. So he'd hire me and all my friends. But I think it was kind of unspoken. Like we would never take over that business just based on our personality. Yeah, based on our, we were more creative sort of, we were looking toward. But, you know, it's funny is that our dad sort of did find I'm not saying he takes your place, Jonah, or my place. He did find kind of a surrogate son to sell the business to, who, this guy, Kyle, who now owns the business, who, like, our dad doesn't even own it anymore, but he, like, goes in all the time, and he's always, like, fielding calls from Kyle and talking to Kyle, and it's like, yeah, dad, we get it. Kyle's your new son. But it's just, like, it's like our dad, I know he loves us very much, and he's very happy with where our careers have gone, but, like, he didn't get the kid who was, like, I'm go- I love the business. I'm going to go right, like, I'm going to yeah. take over for when you're done, you know? Like, we were both, like, oh, uh, can we get out of here? <laughs> I mean, is he still involved as a like styrofoam peanut consultant. I think they have some kind of. Like, I think they have some kind of business arrangement. I'm not sure the specifics, but I think there is some kind of. There's way some it's kind of up. arrangement where he like yeah. he sort of consults in this moment, but I do think that he 
does a lot more. Than I think he is, likes doing it. He like, likes doing it. I think he, it. he right. enjoys it. So it's, you know, right. and once you retire, like, you know, you got to find something to do. So it's, yeah. Another thing is, remember, Jonah, he got called for jury duty. Then after jury he duty, he got some they, kind it, of recurring thing where, like, he was kind of like, he would go every month or something to a jury duty and he would be some kind of foreman or some kid some kind of role involved in it for a while yeah i'm obsessed with your dad like this, this is, whole, is that's kind of say, my dream this is know, a very alley thing this is what made yeah. me think of it is like he would get to decide like which cases went forward or something like of these like small yeah. civil like yeah. sound legal and guys this doesn't <laughs> sound quite legal i just that here's the thing is like you know, we've all, you know, done jury duty. And, but on some level, it always seems kind of interesting, but it's never, you never have time. Like, you're always like, I have to work or I have to pay the bill. Yeah. Like, once you're retired, if someone's jury duty, it's like watching like a procedural court show, but you're like there and you can, it's like interactive. Like, I think it would yeah. actually be great, but there's never a good time when you're like, yeah. Busy. Yeah. I'm never picked because I, was illegally arrested twice. And so whenever they ask you those original questions, you know, like they, like, do you like think law enforcement always does everything perfectly? And you're like, ah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but so I never get picked, but my dream is to be on a sequestered jury where I sit in a hotel room and yep. eat Domino's yes. pizza for nine months. You I know. know? Yeah. And I know. Like have an affair with another juror, like just like, just yeah. like, oh God. You know, I went, I, before I left New York, I got called for jury duty and I was there the whole day. And the judge kept saying, this is a really good case because we're only going to meet Tuesday through Thursday and it'll probably be pretty quick. So like, if you're here, you're pretty lucky. And I thought I was going to get picked the whole day. They were interviewing everybody and whatever. And then I started getting a little scared because the defendant was sort of a scary guy. And I was like, oh, like, I'm kind of a public figure. Like, I wonder. And then they dismissed me. And I realized there was, before they dismissed me to, like, go wait to see if I was picked, the judge went, like, I was a fan of your work on SNL. And I was like, oh, no, now this guy really knows who I am. But then I realized in retrospect, she said that to me because there was, like, no way she was going to pick me. Got it, got it. You know what uh, I mean? Like, I don't think yeah. she would have put me in that position. But then, but I feel like public figures are often on juries, right? Or no? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> How would Maybe we not. Yeah. Um, I know somebody who just went to the Sam... Bankman Friedman oh, the guy thing? that Whoa. Yeah. Sam she Bankman went, Freed. Yeah, she went there just as a person, like an alley move, and just <laughs> went and drew him for like a whole day. And I was like so like inspired. I was like, I was impressed with people who know how to live life. I'm like, guys, we can kind of do whatever we want when we like on like right now. I'm like, why have I just only moved a rug for a year? Like there's right. a whole world out there. Like go <laughs> be in it, Allie. Like don't just swirl around your house with anxiety, you know. But like that was like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna go to a like um, Robert Durst. Oh right. I always get him confused with Fred Durst. Sure. <laughs> From Limp Biscuit, but like, like, but like, when his case was downtown, me and my friend Amanda had talked about, like, oh yeah, we should just go sit and like do that, you know? But, yeah, I forget that you can go to that stuff. Yes, anytime you want to go, Vanessa. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, so maybe you didn't express interest. No, no, no. I'll go with you. We'll get lunch. Now, if there was a trial in space, put me there. Ooh, wow. yes. 
Yes. We take our little space ice creams right up to space and watch that trial. And you could draw it and I could, and we could both write little jokes about it. I just want to wear the adult diaper in space. But so I'm going to just like bring it. Hey, Allie, don't we all? Don't with we that all? note, <laughs> we're going to go to a quick commercial break. But we'll be right back with our friend, Allie Liebgott. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. And we're back. Anyone want to say anything else about space? Jury duty grades. Jury duty grades. I did take bowling as a PE credit in community college because it was the only PE where you were allowed to smoke. And (laughs) the teacher was so nice. He was this guy and he was like, oh, he made a rule. He's like, if you got to smoke, fine. But, like, not while you're holding the ball. Like, you couldn't do it while you held the okay. ball. You could only do it in the back. He also taught, like, AIDS. There was, like, an AIDS. It was, it was like, <laughs> 1989. So, it's like, <laughs> those were the two classes he taught, you know. He was a great guy. But, but if you got a split, like, you know, in bowling, when you have a split, the two, he'd take a $100 bill out of his pocket, and he'd put it on the a part of the um you're like Allie did you go to school <laughs> but like no this also happened at Penn Vanessa <laughs> um, he took a $100 bill out and he put it on the um, bowling ball place where the air comes out to like sure. get your hand and 
he'd be like, if you get that split, you can have this hundred bucks. And everyone was just like, hundred dollars, <laughs> you know, and like, like couldn't like contain their excitement. No one ever got that. Yeah. But now I'm like, this all just seemed normal then. And now I'm looking back <laughs> and I was like, who was the teacher was walking around with crisp hundred dollar bills? Like letting us all smoke. What? That's really <laughs> amazing. Wow. Well, now we're going to play a game with you, Allie. Okay. And it's called Legit Moan or Unnecessary Groan. Legit Moan. Unnecessary Groan. So this was inspired by a now defunct column in our local paper growing up, which was called the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And they had this column called Monday Moaning that we used to read every Monday, where the paper would print extremely petty complaints that the readers had. And we always found them really funny as kids, and we find them even funnier today. So... Basically, we're going to pick three entries from their archives. A at the end of each one, we'll decide if we think it's a legit moan, meaning that their complaint is legit, mm -hmm. or if it's unnecessary groan. Okay. Okay. Go ahead, Joan. If you I'll jump right in. One. So here's the first one. It's from Lakewood, Ohio. It says, I think we all grasp the idea that wild animals can be dangerous to people. When will lawmakers in Ohio realize that these same animals need to be protected from reckless humans? Come on, Ohio, get some tough laws on the books to help out these gorgeous creatures and keep them safe from harm. Allie, what do you think? You think that's a legit moan or an unnecessary groan? I think it's like, let's get some more info in there. What animals that's are what we I talking think about? Like, that's yeah. what I think too. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talk about, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's what a little vague. About? I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if the timing of this, like if, like if you had read it the week it came out, if, but I do wish that this person had named their, um, some specific. Yeah. Yes. Is this like a slaughterhouse situation? Is this like dogs on chains in the winter outside? Like, what are we talking about? They're saying we grasp the idea wild animals can be dangerous to people when will lawmakers realize these same animals need to be protected from reckless humans. So some type of wild animal... That's attacking you. Maybe bears. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, I was going to say coyotes. Coyotes. Or like, yeah. Like, what are there coyotes? We in? don't have, really have. Do we have no. coyotes in Ohio? I don't know. I yeah, think, I think we're missing I mean, a lot of details. If you're going to go to the trouble to write a letter to the newspaper, why not just be a little more straightforward about what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. 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 Because yeah. also, you know, you hope that they'll print it the week that you sent it. But what if they wait a few weeks to send it? Then everyone's going. Uh, what are you referencing here? Yeah. Or right, if you right. wait like 15 years and read it on a podcast, you know, yeah, no one's going right. to know what you're talking about. How are we supposed to know? Yeah. Oh, that's when we had animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, animals on earth. Wow. <laughs> this Sorry. one is hard. No, this one is hard to... Okay, our producer Olivia is saying there are coyotes in Ohio. This one, though, I think is hard to say if it's a legit moan or an unnecessary grunt. Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to say it's... I, I like the sentiment, right? Protecting animals. Yeah. So I, for that reason, I think I'll I'll say it's legit, but I do wish there was a legit little more info. Allie, what about you? I'm gonna say the "Come on, Ohio." Yeah, seems to me like someone who writes a lot of these letters, and yeah. I, therefore, I'm gonna say unnecessary groan. Do we all have to agree? Groan. No, no, oh, okay. No. And by the way, I do agree. There's something about the tone that's a little bit... It's like an entitlement. I don't know. It yeah. bugs me a little. Yeah. yeah. Like, come on, Ohio, I know what's best. You know, it's like, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you knew what was best, why are you writing into this column and why aren't you on some kind of um, 
bored. <laughs> Vanessa, you want to get into the next one? <laughs> okay, this next one is says, call me old fashioned. How rude is it? You can't even pick up the phone to call your parents. You have to. T- Sorry. <laughs> You have to text them nowadays. <laughs> and that's from someone in Olmstead Falls, Ohio. And keep in mind also, in case we didn't say, these are all about like 10 to 12 years old. So this is when yeah, texting was maybe a defunct. little more new. So yeah. So we're wondering here if uh, it's legitimate for the mother to want a phone call opposed to a text from the child. Is that yeah, what happened? Yeah. I think Great. essentially, yeah. Okay, 10 years ago would have put us in 2013. Yeah. 2014. What year are we at? Um, I don't know. Anyway, so you know what? I have an Italian mom who wants a call every day, so I think my Stockholm Syndrome is going to put me in legit mall in here. Okay. Call your mother. Okay. Call your mother. Yeah. Call your mother. Yeah. Vanessa, what about you? I kind of agree, although I will say this. If you're going to write into a column like this, okay, just maybe do a little more finessing of your words. Sure. This is how it reads. Call me old-fashioned, period. (laughs) How rude is it you can't even pick up the phone nowadays to call your parents? I would more word it like, take my daughter, for example, like she always texts instead of calling me. I really would appreciate a phone call. And I think there's also a lot of other young adults who are doing this. Like, And then she just wrote... Excuse me, I'm talking like her. She just wrote, (laughs) you have to text them nowadays. What? That's not a sentence. Yeah. So while I do think it's a legit moan, I would think it was even more legit if she would have spent, I'm talking five more minutes, just kind of getting the wording of this a little more clear. So I'm on her side, but not 100% because, and I'm assuming it's a woman. It could be a man. It could be anyone, but I'm just saying. We all just assumed, didn't we? Well, because Um, you said it reminded you of your mom. Well, now after reading, hearing it read again in your tone, I think this mother, probably there's a reason no one's calling. She's a bitch. (laughs) And like, she's driven her own children away. And... In fact, I don't think they should even come to our funeral or Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's a strong take, but that's why we're here, is for strong takes. Okay. Jonah, what do you think? Do you think this Uh, woman... You know, I think this is kind of a classic problem with this column when, like, there's something you could just tell one person, like the person, like this person's kid, hey, would you mind calling me more? Instead, you're taking this incredibly... Like circular route of writing a letter to a newspaper about this thing, so to me it's like just then then tell your son or daughter, hey hey, would you mind not texting as much? I'd really like to catch up over yeah. the phone. This yeah. is such a bizarre way to go about getting your message across. Exactly, and for that reason, I'm going to say it's an unnecessary ground. I, I, I hear you, and you know, I groan. just want to add in sometimes, Allie, when we read these, we go like. This person will never, ever be able to get their point across to to whoever they're complaining to because the person will never know. But there was this one that we read once where it was this woman who was like, why are my coworkers giving me such a hard time for passing out food to birds in front of the bank we work at? And like she keeps she keeps complaining to me to the boss. And we were like, oh, this actually might work for this person because... It's very specific. 
was so specific. And clearly the person who was writing it, who was giving out food to birds in front of the bank, and she was like, why does my coworker think I'm scaring away customers? It was like, oh, clearly this person's a nightmare. And it's going to be so crazy when the person reads it and just takes that to their boss. Okay. A hundred percent. I'm the person handing out the food to birds. But like, <laughs> also like... How much time off do you get during the day on this bank teller job? I think it was her lunch break. I (laughs) believe it was her lunch break. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm on uh, her side. I'm, okay. I'm always on the bird feeder side. <laughs> okay, so that's that's a that's a legit moan for Allie for that one from the archives. This is the last one. This one is a it's a pretty intense one. I'm giving you I'm giving you a warning right now. Uh-oh. As election day nears, I find myself with one wish. I wish we could send a sculpting artist to Mount Rushmore to sculpt tears on the faces of those great men enshrined there. If they were alive to see the sickening status that the Republican and Democratic Houses of Congress have brought us to, they would surely be in tears. I am hopeful that come Election Day, we voters turn out in record numbers to vote every one of them out of office. An old saying goes, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. Uh, Allie, what do you think about this sculpting the tears onto Mount Rushmore? I think I have goosebumps. (laughs) I, I think that is the kind of thinking we need that is outside the box thinking to me i'm like think about all the other sculpting tears with that if you really think about it you'd have to go into the cheek right to make the tear because you can't put you're not blobbing a tear on top so this is a big reno on (laughs) mount rushmore um And then I thought of those state fair butter sculptures where people do, I, I, I just, I like this person's flair for the theatrics and I'm just following them right up to their AM radio show and calling <laughs> in and saying, that's right. What did happen to America? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Uh, that's incredible. The tears are incredible. Okay. I'm speechless. You're speechless. Yeah. I mean, let's give it a minute to sink in maybe because I didn't, yeah, it's it's a mm-hmm. lot to process. I think I don't want to probably be on their same side election-wise. Sure. Right. Maybe there's an artist in there that can be convinced. Although they didn't just say Republicans or Democrats. They said both. They said both. They said both. They said, they both. said both. You know, which I think a libertarian stance could be the one of sculpting tears. Sure. What year was this published, and can we vote for them for Speaker I don't know. of the House? Or? I, I'm going to guess around 2012, maybe something okay. like that, but I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. Well, that changes things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we could spend the rest of our lives together just on this Zoom, and we could go through these one at a time through the microfiche? Yes, I would love that. Would be, yeah. You the know what? This makes me think I'm a big next door poster. Okay. Okay. And I've had more people read my next door posts about my broken microwave than my own books. And I just, I'm enchanted by some of the stuff on next door. And it's, it feels like this. Yeah. 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 I yeah hear it's you. got some next door you. energy. Vanessa, what do yeah. you think of this one? I, here's again, I, I fault this person because of their writing, because this person writes, as election day nears, I find myself with one wish. I wish we could send a sculpting artist to Mount Rushmore to sculpt tears on the faces. That's not what this person wants, actually. What they actually want is they want 
come election day for the voters to vote every one of the Republican and Democratic Congress out. So I guess what I'm saying is it's so snarky to start like, and I like, Ali, that you took this person at their word of like, they just, they really are there because this is what they're saying. They're like, my wish is for the sculptor. And then they're saying like, by the way, the reason the sculptor would be doing this is because our current Congress has brought us all to tears or would bring them to tears. But I just go, get your point across. You know what I mean? But like, they did not say sculptor at any point. I believe they said they sculpting artist. Sculpting yes, artist. That, that jumped out to me as well. They said sculpting artist. Yeah, so I'm going, <laughs> maybe maybe get yourself together before you write in this. So I'm calling this an unnecessary groan because I think this person is really snarky and I'm not into their energy whatsoever. Jonah, what do you think? Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted on this one. I I think you both have good points. (laughs) You know, I get being frustrated with the government for sure. I think the the tears on Mount Rushmore is is you know kind of like like Alice, kind of a creative you know way into that sentiment. I guess where they really let me down on this is that final line because they're like they kind of have this kind of powerful statement. They go, an old saying goes, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. You know, they just throw this cliche in at the end mm-hmm. that feels a little anticlimactic for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a call to action, but yeah, I, I, it doesn't totally land for me. So I'm going to say this is an unnecessary, unnecessary groan, but, but I get groan. I get the sentiment. I get where they're coming from, but it, it just doesn't come together for me at the end. I hear you. I hear Do you. Do you see, either of you see the shape of the tear? Is this the emoji with the two streams or is it the single tear? That's a good oh. question. That's a really good question. I don't know. These sculpting artists probably aren't cheap, so maybe they're going single tear. I don't know. Well, yeah. If, if, how, what's the rate of a sculpting artist mm. versus sculptor? <laughs> they might be more. They might be a lot less. <laughs> you, know, you know who's my favorite sculpting artist? You ever, you ever hear of this guy, Rodan? He did this thing called The Thinker. And it's amazing. It's this guy, and he's holding his head, and he's having, like, these huge thoughts. And he's like The Thinker. And Rodan, one of the greatest sculpting artists of a time, he he did it. Ali, thank you for being here today. Oh, you saved my life, you guys. You're, <laughs> I, who knows what would have happened to me in the last hour and a half if I didn't have you. <laughs> thank you so much. What a delight. What a delight to have you. Where can people find you? And please plug everything. Well, anyone need blood drawn? <laughs> what about their books kept, huh? Um, I, uh, what do I have? A website, uh, com. You can look at my uh, paintings there and it'll bring you right to my Instagram where there's some more paintings. You can find out about the books I've written there. That's it. Yeah. Some incredible poetry books and novels, couple novels. Yes. And novel. I mean, yep. this is this is a very talented person who, despite acting like she needs to find a new job, really has mastered quite a few different careers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Vanessa. Working for your show is one of the top Hollywood highlights. I'll tell you that Aww, right now. That's very nice. Well, it was a highlight for me too, to get to work with you. So I'm rubber, your glue, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Anyways. Yeah. I'm excited for you to do my knee surgery. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm going to come in with more jokes and quips like that and Great. just kind of figure stuff out. 
uh, and we'll probably just film it for a show. Well, that was really fun. Thank you so much to Allie for joining us and to everyone for listening. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird? where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural touchstones like pre-internet report cards. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.